0: The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet 100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. $250 cash and a $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. <music> Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports gambling podcast network and as always it's all good baby baby uh, it was all a dream we used to read blood horse magazine i'm your host chase sessoms the wolf of Oaklawn, and it's back it's the bbw show bankroll builder wednesday and uh you know i've never gotten to elaborate on why it was all a dream and we used to read blood horse magazines because we found a better outlet for my for our horse racing news speak of the devil Joining me today, I've got Mark Midland from Horse Racing Nation. Um, Mark, how's it going, man?
1: It's great, Chase. Great to finally uh, get on the pod and uh, talk a little horse racing.
0: Yeah, Happy yeah, man. it's awesome to have you. And you know, like like I said, uh, I, I I've gone to to Horse Racing Nation as my my number one source of of horse racing journalism. Like you guys have covered so many things lately so well.
1: Awesome, appreciate it. We're always trying to get better, trying to incorporate more data and, uh, things to help the horse player. And, uh, there's so much going on. You know, the great thing about horse racing is there's always another race, always another star around the corner.
0: That's, that's what I say. You know, I I do this stuff for the sports gambling podcast network and people are, you know, I hear people complain about, you know, 162 game baseball season or things like that. I'm like, listen, literally 24 hours a day, two minutes apart if the sun is up somewhere and even if it's not, there are horses running in circles that you can wager on.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the great thing about horse racing, right. Is it, you can see who's best in a minute or two. And uh, I I think over the years, when people ask me about other sports, I just have a hard time with 162 games. And so now, you know, I've really gravitated when I'm not, you know, focusing on the horses to, you know, NFL, college football, and college basketball, because, you know you can't say every game counts well maybe not every every game but when you're in 16 game seasons and you know less and and uh or when they're at 17 in the nfl and less in college football and you know college basketball those games all kind of matter to see who your team is and build and develop and stuff like that but right a it, time with the 162 games man
0: <laughs> I and think. i mean with, with college football like as opposed to the nfl like uh it's it's not like uh, you can miss the playoffs because you won your division, but you you didn't look good while you were doing it. Like right. there there are no style points in the NFL. There are very much some in, in college football. Which by the way, uh, congratulations on uh, Bert having a good season at a uh, at Illinois. Uh, it's, the the yeah. the the Arkansas cast off making right. He's he oh just, really? Yeah, he just he works in the in in the Big Ten. I think that's that's my opinion. Is that he's just made for coaching Big Ten football.
1: Yeah, I think he's done better with recruiting and yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it's really crazy why Illinois football has not been any good and uh, the basketball team's looking really good. I'm, I'm mostly an Illinois basketball fan, as you can imagine. And uh, um, yeah, lots to be excited about there. We got a really nice transfer from Texas Tech and, uh, and uh, I think one from Baylor as well. So uh,
0: really maybe nice. I'm sliding the two. Yeah, <laughs> just into one amalgam of a of a Texas yeah. university. So did you did you have a good uh, Breeders' Cup? Did you did you get a f- front row seat of a flight line just doing something freakish?
1: Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, flight line was great. Uh, got out there, you know, uh, saw a lot of great racing. Uh, talked, to, you know, talked to a lot of people. It just was an awesome two days at Keeneland uh betting wise you know like a lot of people was challenging and then i got it all back on a horse called blue stripe and the distaff that you know was right there with uh you know three noses on the wire right at about mm-hmm. 22 to one and uh that was the kind of great one where i played it i don't say perfectly but i had it in you know the wind spot i had it in the exacta in second i had it in the trifecta and third i had it in the trifecta in second and it was one of those where I don't really even care about the photo. I, I've got this pretty good. So,
0: that that was me with Forte on on Friday. I awesome. I went whole enchilada on Forte. I, awesome. I had the win, the exact of the trifecta, the super. Like I hit the super. I hit the ten cent super on a forty cent ticket, where it was like,
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I call them my room temp superfectas, where they're not quite ice cold. They're a little bit warmer than that. Where I go like, uh, you know a b a b c d c d like yeah. in those and, and just managed to, to put it together which i mean i'm not i don't want to toot my horn too much because that was that one wasn't too hard to have when it came to to super effectives but blue stripe was a heartbreaker for me i wish i would have. i got cute and didn't bet place place or show like i i went win on uh blue stripe and uh was Ooh. a society was a society on the yeah. the, the horse the outside that had the speed Yeah, I I went win on on Blue Stripe and I thought about trying to structure a cute little trifecta. And I I don't think I would have had Malathot in second for some reason. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. It ended up being a pretty, you know, it was a good weekend where I was extremely right in a couple of spots. I was extremely wrong in a lot of spots. But I feel like that sums up just a lot of people's Breeders Cup weekends ever since Mm -hmm. Breeders Cups have been in existence.
1: Yeah it's it's tough it's tough two days of racing and uh you know and if you 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 can live by those horizontals and die by those horizontals right because you can have a couple nice races in a row but if you're playing pick fours and you you know a caravel blows you out in the turf sprint you can lose a string of stuff and and lose a string of stuff that you're starting
0: it's the kind of weekend that's even hard to just string together doubles or pick threes sometimes like i i feel like i always tell myself all right i'm just gonna go in and play concert you know I'd say conservatively with pick threes with how I want to, how I want to structure this and everything. And I end up just, you know, I, I get one out of three, right? Because something crazy always happens, Uh, man. So we talked about the, the highest of horse racing. We're going to get to talk about, uh, I'm not going to say the lowest, but I'm going to say that maybe the grimiest of horse racing. When we, we talk about aqueduct Friday card for our bankroll builder Wednesday. Uh, If you haven't listened to the show before, uh, Mark and I are both going to have a $100 budget. It's basically just what we think is the best way to play this card. So we'll kind of go through all the races, maybe say, yeah, we like this. It was a pass. It wasn't a pass, whatever. And Mark's got some really cool uh, reports through uh, HRN that he's going to have at his disposal that he'll have a a little bit more insight. I'm not going to say it will change my plays, but it might probably definitely change my plays
1: uh yeah feel free to change we got a lot of time we're we're doing this on wednesday and uh morning lines aren't even out which is both a challenge but also a good thing right because uh we're picking horses that we like and not worrying too much
0: about price and looking at
1: we're not being swayed by those morning line odds
0: so i yeah i got mine in before the morning line like you did and i just checked and on equibase they just came up okay so i i could give us a little insight we can play how much that horse cost uh which is a fun yeah. fun game there you go all right yeah. we we are going to take a quick break here at the notorious otb when we get back we're going to get all up in bbw bankroll builder wednesday with mark midland from horse racing nation we will be right back Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet win hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. During WinBet win hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to win winbet so they know that we sent you. that That's slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through Winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I keep telling myself I need to adjust the volume on that sound drop because uh, I'm sure I people. Wake you up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. If Biggie won't get you hyped for Friday racing at Aqueduct, I I, I don't think you got a pulse. Quite honestly,
1: and we got so. some good races. I'm 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 stoked. I don't I don't need anything else. I'm uh you know the duct on Friday. Some good turf racing. You know they come off the turf. It gets a little bit down, but uh, I think we're. Gonna, you said you looked at the weather. We're looking good, right?
0: Yeah, uh, I I want to say they had some rain that maybe came in overnight last night. So I think we get two days of drying before this friday card uh which is going to make it interesting so just recap here here's we're going to do hundred dollar budget any race any type of bet whatever we think will be profitable at the end of the day so let's go ahead let's dive into the card uh so race one was eight and a half on the inner turf made in special weight uh for me this was a a pass uh i I, the reason being i want to watch a race on the turf since they should be some moisture overnight to kind of get an idea of how this is playing and I know looking at like a you know a maiden special weight race isn't necessarily the best way to do that because it could really trick you into thinking there's maybe like a speed bias or something so I'll be watching this race to see if any horses pass because I I'm just kind of conditioned to think that maiden special weight races are going to be won typically from the front or, or close to it did you have anything in race one or was it a pass also
1: yeah you know I I, I kind of had the same instinct originally to to look at a pass here. And, you know, then I kind of started uh, digging it, into it a little bit more. And I said, you know, th- this is kind of an interesting race. I like the fact that there's open openness in here. It's turf. And uh, I think people are going to be attracted to, um, you know, the one is a shug that put in a nice close on the turf, but kind of feels like you got a setup. And you see that horse getting bad a lot. Uh, then we've got the seven is a Chad um two closes but you know not super impressive and then the eight you know same kind of thing for mike maker um so with one seven eight i think factor but i'm kind of hoping that they run second or third and so i'm kind of looking at a trifecta here um i think you know there's not a lot of sp- speed in here and so uh anytime you get speed uh on aqueduct turf uh it's it's pretty dangerous so i was looking at the five which is uh rudy rodriguez that uh uh, last time out, uh, he had a little trouble. He went fast. It says hustled four wide on the first turn, stalked outside, chased three wide, uh, four path at the quarter pole. So that sounds kind of like a nightmare trip. And I don't think people are going to be necessarily keying on a Rudy to turn the ta- tables on the Shug and the Chad and the Maker. And then the 11 is a mot horse that also has some nice pace and uh, comes out of the same race. And has a little bit of a bigger figure, we'll probably be bet. But I was looking at, uh, you know, I think the Mott can rate behind the Rudy. And I think both of them could have a nice shot. So so we're looking at the 5.11 over the one seven eight, And then a little torn on this, too. It's a Pletcher. um, Didn't do a lot of running, but I think that's probably a nice include with Irad. So I'm looking at a a trifecta 5.11 over one five seven eight uh 11 well i had the two. One two five seven eight eleven over one two five seven eight eleven, and uh it's twenty dollars for a 50 cent bet and uh, i just think that could be a really nice
0: way to kick off the card i i i love that you're on mark because i if something we both really just get into is how to structure vertical yeah. bets like you're you're the only other handicapper that i know and talk to on a regular basis that will kind of get I don't know. It seems like this phrase gets overused on TVG quite a bit, but I'm going to use it uh, crazy with the cheese whiz uh, in terms of how 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 we structure things and how we how we put things together. And I've seen listen, folks, I've seen this dude hit some ridiculous, super high fives with just some crazy structures. So worth listening whenever he's putting these uh, these bets together. Uh, so race two. Yep, I got got into the mix with a trifecta here. Uh, I really like this race for kind of the pace dynamic. I also like that it's on the main track. It's an eight and a half furlong, AKA one mile race, $32,000 claimer. I I thought you should have a clear cut leader. uh, And you should have another horse that I really like stocking in the wide path. I think both of them are are pretty good win candidates. The first one being the number four Prince of Pharaohs, who I think is likely to get the lead uh, was stuck in the three hole at Toga last out. So it was running against that, that Toga seven furlong, uh Mm -hmm. you know inside three bias which uh remember folks at saratoga at seven furlongs one two three one through three is dead to me four or more (laughs) big fucking score uh so prince pharaohs likely to get the lead first off the layoff for linda rice and there's a lot of high percentage plays uh or sorry moves you know at work here for linda with uh coming off a long layoff it's a sprint to route Routes claimer, she does well with all of them, and I think the the distance is going to hit that horse pretty much right between the eyes. The other one was Winterpool. The reason I really like Winterpool is the fact that Winterpool uh, is going to get kind of like a a wider path stalking trip, which I really leaned on in the uh, the back Aqueduct meets uh, baby got back Belmont race with the Aqueduct booty. Uh, so I thought this would be you know stocking with a wide path, really hot commodity at the claim box and then lands in the inglehart barn, uh, barn who's really just a heavy hitter first off the claim so I put in a five dollar trifecta here uh that's draw. yeah going go with these two on top four and six then three four six then two three four six it's a forty dollar total play uh keeping it skinny but it's also just a just a six horse race I don't know what it is about six horse races at aqueduct that make me just want to tee off but I, I love just slamming the these sort of just like short fields at aqueduct over the winter so that was four six that's uh prince of pharaohs and winter pool and first then we wheel in ebon for uh chad summers and then uh we uh wheel in in third the two okay, grumps little tots God, I love slash hate this horse. Love slash hate Grumps Little Tots. I feel like I get busted up by Grumps Little Tots quite a bit. Did you have any plays in race two?
1: No, not really. I just, the only thing I want to comment is like, Eben's like that horse for me. But, you know, at these seven furlong, eight eight furlong races, every once in a while, he just shows up with these killer races like he did last time. And uh, I don't know what to do with him. So that was one of the reasons why I just wanted to kind of pass here.
0: All right. So moving on, race three, six furlongs on the turf. Uh, it's a New York bread made in special weight. Uh, I was another pass here. I I just thought there may be a little bit too, too many unknowns, uh, for, you know, bankroll building purposes, uh, in this race, uh, nothing that I wanted to fire at with any sort of confidence. Cause I mean, with these, I might end up making four or five plays, but if I do it, it's usually like four or five pretty strong plays in my, my better opinions. What about you race three player pass?
1: Yeah, I'm a little torn here, so I might go with with a little cheapy because I think I've got something in race five. So how about a little pick three, start here with a 7-9. Um, I, I agree. I'm a little uncertain how this goes, but I think speed's been pretty good on the aqueduct uh, turf sprints. So the 2 and 7, um, they're both going to be out there. The two's fast. They were both fast at Saratoga. Now they get a different surface. And uh, I read, you know, you never know what he he'll do on this seven. He may stalk. So I was going to go two seven with five seven with five. So that's only four combinations. So why don't we hit that for like a two dollar pick three, and that's uh, eight bucks.
0: Georgia Breu, forty three percent right now at Aqueduct. Granted, that's three of seven. Uh, so a little small smaller sample size there. It's like fun with inflated stats whenever someone hits like two home runs in the the opening day of baseball <laughs> season. It's right. Like. They're on pace to hit 324 home runs this year. Um, but yeah, that's a big start. I really like Georgia Breo as a sneaky trainer to use. I also yeah. really like that structure that you're using. I'm a big fan of those, of those part wheels. The
1: Still, other thing th- I do want to mention. So the fifth race is a maiden race. And uh, even though the horse I'm keying on is not, is a fourth time starter, so it's not a firster, but uh, I've been playing a lot of firsters and second time starters. And what I've been trying to do is get them in the blind legs. So, you know, you you don't want to get them. You're if if they get bet down, if you see something and everybody else sees something once, by the time you get to the race or the double, you know, they get pounded, it's too late. So um, you want, I want to get to them to the third leg of a pick three or a later leg and a pick, you know, three, pick four, pick five. And uh, that way I feel like I'm getting the full price or maybe more. um, If you know, the betting goes away. I think it might.
0: Okay. So let me see. And I actually, so this your seven Foucault uh, was three to one for Georgia Brady with Irad Ortiz okay. and the two built to last Tom Morley, which, you know, Mark Capitan will, uh, will be uh betting the, the built to last because he is a, just a Tom Morley fanboy. Uh okay. five to two. So okay. I, that, then yeah, I, I, you know, and I like the structure, even, overlays you know on top in those part wheels but at some t- i mean at the same time if you have two horses that both look strong it's a maiden race you're guaranteed to probably get some prices underneath and in, in the trifecta because i mean you liked the four as well and it looks like the four was 21 no, no, oh. oh i'm sorry yeah, yeah my bad yeah yeah, yeah I'm, no, that's, I'm like, that's I'm the best way to kick off a pick three then the horses that are probably gonna win
1: yeah i think so i mean i'm with you I'm I'm willing to burn a little money on a race that I don't love, um, but I did settle on the favorites. There you go. Without without seeing the morning line. And, uh, yeah, they get me through. And that that's all I'm trying to do is get a little bit of equity live to the five in race five.
0: And I mean, with the one dollar base pick three at Naira, they always pay way better than yeah. you think they should. They pay great. Yeah. All right, we are going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTV. When we come back, we're going to be firing off the rest of our plays for Bankroll Builder Wednesday here with Mark Capitan. Or sorry, Mark Midland from Horse Racing Nation. Mark Capitan is my my ginger friend that we rip on constantly. All right, we will be right back. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup Free Roll. It's a $250 cash and $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Make sure to check out all the World Cup content on sportsgamblingpodcast.com and get your holiday shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. SGPN gear is the perfect stocking stuffer for the d in your life. I really like the baby fucking whale shirt. All the college experience shirts. There's even this year's Tickle Me Elmo, AKA the draft day puzzle with Kramer's face on it. And plus, from now until Thanksgiving, you can get 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks. That's store.sportsgamelypodcast.com. Promo code Dallas Sucks. D A L L A S S U C K S. As if you needed help spelling suck. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports gambling podcast network mark midland from horse racing nation is here with me we are making some handicapping jazz are you aware of the music known as jazz Excellent. so we we just mark just kicked off his pick three in race three moving on race four uh did you have any uh plays or for race four or did you just kind of let your pick three ride through there
1: yeah i think well yeah i did want to start on another pick three but uh so here i was kind of uh five, five, seven, um uh, with maybe the two six as a as b's so uh kind of uh, a little bit uh hedging there so what i was going to do is a, a couple pick threes trying to get through here uh the first one to go a four dollar five seven with the five with the five seven so uh keeping the theme there of the five seven and then do a two dollar two six with five with five seven
0: okay I I like that you're bringing up the six because that was actually... I decided to just go in on a win place on that six. The number okay. six is Hatch uh, for Carlos Martin, I believe. I, okay. I thought that the way that this race shaped up, that there, it looked like it was just going to fall perfectly to Hatch. Uh, when I kind of doodled out the uh, what I thought the pace picture would be like in this one, uh, I, I thought that basically... Hatch would be able to run whatever trip, uh, you know, it it wanted to because it's going to have just a massive horses in front of it. And uh, we'll we'll be able to either, you know, go wide, go up the rail kind of dealer's choice there. And I I thought with the pace would really fit pretty well. So I was a $15 win place there. The horse really looks like it's rounding into form and uh, might really enjoy the move back to dirt and might be really dangerous. Second on the dirt after uh, it really kind of came alive last time. Uh, Plus, Carlos Martin is over two this meet which is, once again, small sample size, but could be uh, just a, a terrible reason for this horse to be undervalued, or I guess a great reason, in my case, for this horse to, horse to be undervalued. So, I yeah, $15. dollars I, I try to stick to win bets, but I do think that you might get a little bit of value in the place pool. Plus, if I'm building bankroll, I, I kind of like to have that little insurance. So I, I was $15 win place there. Uh, Man. Well, there you I, go yeah i i went i went pretty strong <laughs> in a few places uh, all right We're moving on
1: to a hundred dollars or several hundred dollars
0: uh to a hundred so for my first play the trifecta is 40 dollars total i'm at 70 now all right. so i've got basically just one more play that's a, a win bet and a daily double that comes up later in the card okay so, looking at it, let's go move on to. And
1: I, and I did like that six. I thought that's why I wanted to include him as a B. And I thought, you know, I wanted to include four horses there. That these seven horse dirt fields are sort of my nemesis. Uh, I think they're it's a little unclear at times, right? Sometimes something breaks away, and then it's lone speed and it wires, or sometimes they go too fast and
0: five. Another maiden special weight, eight furlongs. Once again, New York breads. Uh, This is for two year old fillies. Uh I I took a hard pass here. Uh I kind of wanted to find a couple horses to maybe layer in to try to go with a uh maybe like a pick three because I I really like a a longer kind of bomb in race six and that that turf race. Uh what what did you have for race five or was this a pass?
1: So this was the race I was trying to get to, the five. Uh really like this five and uh thought it was really interesting. It's a fourth time starter but it's never been on a fast dirt track. So it's gone from turf sprint to off the turf sprint into the mud to a turf route. And now to a uh, dirt route on hopefully a fast track. Um, But uh, it's one dirt race in the mud. I thought was real good. Pratt was up, which I think is a good sign for Linda Rice. It ran a good second. And I think if you start really start getting into the this, this, the figures of the quarter times and half times, I just think it's the fastest horse in the race. It's fast. It's faster to the quarter. It's faster to the half. And I don't, what do you got for a morning line there, Chase? Do you have it? It is two to one. All right, so I'm, I'm on the I'm on the chalk. Uh, and uh, David Aragon is very good at the morning lines, but uh, I did think yeah. this horse was a bit of a standout. And what's interesting is a lot of horses in this race are coming off uh, turf. Uh, so I don't know if this race was originally scheduled, maybe for a turf, and they just moved it in the condition book to a mile on the dirt. But the two and the three um, have come off turf races, uh, never been on dirt. The six, same thing. Um, and a couple of these, like the five and seven, haven't been on dirt in a while. So anyway, so I was in on the five, and I was going to really kind of push here um, with a $10 pick three, five here to the five, seven in the next and the two in race seven. Okay. So $20 investment.
0: There you go. I, so I, I do think that I don't think that your horse will go off favorite. Yep. Uh, so I like that kind of strong play into it because just to the inside, you have miss fashionista for Todd Pletcher in the Rapoli silks in the Mets colors with I up. You got to think that that horse is going to be nine to five, eight to five maybe even seven to five going into the, going into the post. Cause I think that one gets absolutely slammed with money. I mean, Linda Rice has been doing pretty well, but I mean, this is, I mean, Todd and Rapoli at Aqueduct. I, I got to think that's going to take a ton of money. This is the, the time of year where uh, my buddy, Caleb Knight always says, we you get your, uh, your, your fake ass Todd's like you're, you're, <laughs> you're like, if you were any good, you'd probably be on your way to Gulfstream at this point. Kind of, kind of Todd Pletcher horses. So uh, I, I kind of like taking plays against uh, trainers like Chad Brown or, or Todd Pletcher in these, right. uh, in, in these races. Moving on race six. This is where I ran out of money. I really like this race. Cause there's one horse that I, I hit at a huge price uh, when it, when it broke its maiden. Uh, Ron beak, the four, okay. uh, this is a mile and three eighths on the turf and it's not just sentimental value why I like Ron Beak. Uh For one, I do my pace projections different. Yes, they look a whole lot like time form, but they go, theirs go left to right. Mine go right to left. So I have that kind of like vanilla ice behind the music denial factor. Like <laughs> now mine goes, duh, 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 not the same. So they can't sue me. Stay off me time form. Uh, but I thought, you know, laying out the pace, I thought Ron Beak is going to be sitting just the perfect pocket trip. I really like that the horse is getting back to like true two turn racing. Uh, because I mean, you look at the last time the horse ran a true two turn race, it was at Saratoga and uh, won by a neck at you know, eight, eight dollars and sixty cents. Uh, you know, I thought the horse was was trending up, and you know, with the two turns, it's enough for me to take the chance. So I, I went with the ten dollar win on Rombik. I think the horse is really gonna like the distance, and then I went ahead and I played a strong double $10 daily double with Rombeek beak into two horses. I really like in race seven, which I'll quickly mention uh, the six American law for Danny Gargan, who just looks like the, you know, the speed of speed in a maiden special weight race and the seven uh, smoke and heat. Uh, who's another one where I kind of picked out, uh, you know, to be sitting kind of that wider trip and maybe coming from off the pace. And if, you know, that horse can pass other horses. then it's probably got a great chance to actually, you know, get up and is going to be running on a, a pretty favorable, you know, piece of track. Which, I mean, according to my bias and you know what I'm remembering out of out of the Aqueduct meet, it might have changed while my my focus was strictly on Keeneland. You guys do uh, track bias reports for with HRN, correct?
1: We have the uh, the track trends stats. So if you go, they're free. Actually, if you go to a horse racing nation at the top under bedding it's a, there's a free track trends tool that's the ttt and uh that that will you know you can pull for any date range any distance and uh it's it's a great tool i rely on that a lot like you were saying like the seven furlong dirt races at saratoga you know if you can identify a trend like that and you could use it for months to come uh you know to play against horses or play for horses it's it's, it's so such a value
0: it's it's actually one of the things that put me on uh, uh, Forte in the uh, in the uh, uh, juvenile. And it, it was because the horse ran from an inside post, the inside three at Saratoga mm-hmm. and and one then ran from off the pace at Keeneland whenever yeah. Keeneland was really speed favoring. So it had beaten the bias twice. And yep. uh, that's, true. You know, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to tell you. I did not expect the price on Rombeek to be this big, but I guess when you get Jalen Samuel uh, and Robert Roboto together, uh, bombs happen. Uh, so it is 15 to one Rombeek into uh, the six and seven in the next race. And I'll go ahead and give you the odds there. Uh, so American law was two to one and then seven to two. So I'm keying the long shot and spreading to the uh, spread to the, the, you know, two chalkier plays in, in the next race. Okay. uh where where were you with uh race six did you have a play here
1: so i had my pick three still hopefully alive so uh alive what, what do we have for odds on the five and seven and you know the five was a shug i'd expect it to be the favorite um it, you know it's coming off a nice second at keeneland and a distance race at, at kentucky downs at mile five uh, sixteenths. It broke its maiden easily in hand late so um kind of have the feeling that like this is the kind of shug that's uh gonna win at nine to five by a neck and i was trying to beat him but i just really couldn't and uh i like the seven the way it was coming into it so i i I wanted to add the seven
0: you you're really gonna want the seven uh so the five personal best for shug mcgahee which by the way i call shug's kids sweet and low um and that was two to one it looks like the morning line favorite and then the seven my lips are sealed Manny Fraco, Rob Atras for Team Block and Rich, whatever. I can't, didn't, it cuts mm-hmm. me off on Equibase. 15 to one. Yeah. 15 to one shot. So you're really going to want that seven.
1: Yeah. And you might, might consider that seven in an exacta uh, under under the five or under, you know, maybe include with your um, beak and an exacta box. Uh, I just thought that this horse uh, was wide, moved into a hot pace. Um, this race that's coming out of she's a Mia. That's one is night. It's just, it was just deeper race. I think than you know, the shugs coming out of a maiden race at Keeneland. Okay. Or uh, no, it was a non, non one or non one. But uh, anyway, I thought there was a chance uh, that that horse might be uh, classy enough to do it. So, so I was trying to get through my pick threes with the five, seven and then get on to race seven.
0: All right. So I tapped out in race, in race six, but, I would hopefully still be alive after Ron Beak, uh, trots, uh, just gloriously to victory at, at a huge price in the, in the, uh, the last race To Uh, but I would be alive to, uh, smoke and heat and the six American law. Uh, where were you with race seven?
1: Yeah. So race seven, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting maiden race is a little bit wide open. Like you're saying, there's a couple different ways to go. Um, I just didn't think there was that much speed for, uh, you know, it's a mile, um, the uh, oh my morning line's finally came in here uh the 6 american law that you pointed out um looks like he could be the speed um you know it's it's sort of route speed he's not exactly you know super fast um and so i was landing on this rudy rodriguez who wow morning line 12 to 1 it's a first time starter uh i've done pretty well with these type of first timers and uh if you look at the works on the uh on the 2 um, you know, he came up to race 47-1 breezing, a 48 from the gate. Uh, and then our first timer report on horse racing nation. Uh if you, you know, looking up the details, so Rudy overall, he's 14% with first timers with a uh, HR HRN impact of plus 24%. So it's like an ROI stat, but better. Um at Aqueduct, he's 17% with firsters uh, plus 38% and first time dirt route. I thought this was really interesting. He's 35% winners, six out of 17, which is pretty amazing. Most trainers cannot win, uh, first time or at dirt routes. It's, it's very difficult to do or turf route for that matter. Uh, 35% winners, positive impact of 129%. And, uh, and then uh, first time dirt route at Aqueduct getting really specific, he's three for eleven, so he's twenty seven percent with an impact of plus eighty nine. sire's uh, medaldaglia d'oro, obviously a, a dirt route sire um, he's got he's winning eighteen percent with uh, Jose Gomez up. So to me there was just a lot to like here. The works are there. Um, the field's not that tough and wow, twelve to one so, at that price, I'm going to have to go ten to win in place on the uh, two, in addition to uh, uh, the pick threes that I had going, and hopefully uh, I can get those through.
0: You know, the, now that you've brought this horse up and looking at it, I actually I really like this play. Uh, for one, uh, you get the weight break of, of Bug Boy Jose Gomez, yeah. only going to be carrying 116 pounds, which is like a five you know five pound break, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to everyone else, which I mean, in a maiden special way, kind of rare that you get those sort of breaks. Um, Do love the work pattern. You mentioned the 48 uh, breezing out of the gate. Uh, And then what I really like is seeing the 52nd uh, slow work on on Halloween. I love that move where you get a just a great bullet work and they come back with a leg stretcher before that first start. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I like that quite a bit too. And I'll tell you what, I hope that I hit some of my early bets so I can finance maybe a, a little win place on, on this one also, since I'll be covered to uh, two other horses in the, in the daily double uh, it might even, that might even talk me into going back and putting this horse into my daily double uh you know, if I, if I hit something earlier.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love this kind of plays and see, this is why, you know, now, David Aragon is really great with morning lines, right? So 12 to 1, maybe there's not a lot of steam here. But uh, obviously, if there's steam day of, he, you know, he won't go off at 12 to 1. You might get 5 to 1 or 6 to 1. So that's why I wanted to catch him in that, like I said, in those in the blind leg of the pick three, hopefully, uh, and, and get a chance to get that full 12 to 1 or more. Uh, the I, other thing that just, as we're talking about it, I wanted to mention is uh sibling-wise, he's a half to a few winners, but one is a horse called Appealing Tail, born in 2010. That doesn't really ring a bell with me. I had to look him up, but his top time form is a 126, which is pretty huge. Um, this horse ran he ran second in the triple bend at San Anita, uh grade one sprint. He ran second in the t- San Diego handicap in 2015, and then he won the Pat O'Brien. Um, so I don't know if you remember appealing tail, but, uh, so he's half to a grade one winner. So I think that's another reason to like him.
0: You know, there's so many horse names that are so similar that they all kind of blend into one. I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I totally know appealing tail. Uh, probably, probably don't though. Um, what's so you kind of, you brought up your, your first timer report and what I really think is cool about the first timer reports is that it's not like. It's not like your other kind of like handicapping kind of statistics reports where it's, you know, just this this trainer does this with, you know, this kind of horse and this kind of move. You also bring in like your HRN impact thing, which is more about like finding value and finding undervalued horses. I'm correct there, right? That's that's kind of more more of how it looks into it, which I mean, is a great place to just find like a contrarian zig like you kind of got with this uh, with safe bet where everyone's zagging. You're zigging.
1: Yeah, and those are the ones that really pay off. And then, just real quick on the HRN uh, impact, the reason we came up with that is if you really think about it, like let's say a trainer's two for twenty with a move. Well, when you start measuring ROI, you actually add up what the two winners pay, and then you divide by forty dollars to bet all twenty. Well, it doesn't look at the other eighteen. Maybe all twenty were favored, or maybe all twenty were long shots. So that's it's really when you start really thinking about it. Uh, especially in small sample sizes of you know 20 is a small sample um roi is is a terrible statistic it's useless I, i almost advocate throwing it out completely where so what we did with the hrn impact is it says okay what were the odds of the 20 horses that started in this case um what how many times should they have won? So the way you think about it this way, a 10 to one roughly should win 10% of the time. That's
0: right. Cause they have, you have the expected winners in it too. You have right? the expected winners. And okay. that's, that's,
1: where the math comes in. So if uh, you know, so if you're sending out a 10 to one in 10 rate, they should win 10% of the time. So after 10 races, you should have one win after 20 races, you should have two wins. So that would be a zero impact if you, if you won uh, two out of 20 with 10 to one shots. But if you won Two out of 20 with four to one shots, you would have a highly negative impact. And then, you know, and so what this gets to is, you know, who's getting bet appropriately, not whether it's a trainer, a jockey, or a move. And uh, it's just really helpful. And I think the other thing, too, that really opened my eyes and one of the reasons we kind of pushed on this so hard is on the Sires. If you start talking about, you know, into mischiefs and, you know, the Curlins and these best Sires. Right. And a lot of them they win at 16% first time out or whatever. Well, who who do you think the curlins are going to? Right. right. Who, right. who are the intermischiefs going to? Well, they're going to Todd, Chad, Brad, and all kinds of guys that win first out. So if you have a intermischief going to a trainer that's, you know, 2% first time out, he's he's not gonna win at a 16% rate. And so what we're trying to do is get a level below that and say, you know, okay, so Rudy overall, Rudy Rodriguez is a 14% uh, first-time trainer. But when you start breaking it down to like, you know, this is a New York guy, right? Maybe he targets a couple for Saratoga and the rest, he says, well, these are the ones that can win at Aqueduct or, you know, at the Belmont or in the fall or the winter. So the fact that he's 17% at Aqueduct or in the case of breaking down to the, you know, dirt routes at Aqueduct, you know, 27%, like to me, like that's the stat you want to get to um because you know these guys a lot of times they'll they're gonna spe- you know they have their specialty right whether it be turf sprints or dirt routes or what have you uh or winning first time out or or not so you kind of want to get down to that detail
0: it's it's like it's like 3d gen chess because you're not only <laughs> handicapping the trainers the the sires and everything but you're on, honestly also handicapping john q betting public uh yeah. it's it gives you a good idea of where the money might flow and uh you know where where you might still get a price uh, as opposed to or you might get a little bit of a price float or if you got a, a good longer price horse you might get you know an even longer price horse because the betting public hasn't gotten wise to it i like it i like it it's 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 pretty cool it's very cool in fact
1: I, thank you no i like it i think there's a lot of opportunity there and then just to be clear to kind of back up what got me interested in this horse was the works. He's fast enough to win. Then I get into the trainer stats. I, I don't. I don't go into trainer stats and sire stats on slow horses. I just there's no point. And I think right. I think that's where people can bark up the wrong tree. And I only pulled up the sibling winner as we were talking, so I didn't even even include that. And I know some people, a lot of people have been successful handicapping the families, and if you can, that's great. I would just rather focus on is this horse fast. And then also I think this field is sort of, I don't want to say weak, but it's average. Um, so I think that's something that's important to look at as well.
0: That was race seven. I am tapped out. I am all invested through race seven. So if it's going to be eight, nine, or 10, Marcus carrying us the rest of the way home. So race eight, did you have anything left?
1: Uh, I think technically I probably have about $8 left, but uh, race eight, I just wanted to note that uh, this is a tough race, but i thought thought uh, kind of coming down to uh, – phantom smoke so that's uh the ten oh, running with scissors I thought this was an interesting horse um irad gets up he's breaking from the outside again outside is done well in turf sprints and uh I think this would be a good place to kind of finish my balance off I'll just go four to win in place on running with scissors uh
0: running with scissors eight to one uh, uh worth noting on running with scissors is the um what the fuck is Irad doing here, stat? Yeah. Because uh, I, I mean, sure. when we think of power couples, I mean Irad and John Kirby has to come, come straight to mind, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that got my attention. Um, you know, I think he'll be in a good spot. He can track the speed as as Irad does. Uh, last race, so this is kind of interesting. I'm running with scissors. Last race, he was against uh, Thin White Duke, which I think good the horse, horse kind of won minor are minor stakes or certainly feature races at saratoga and and baquaduct and uh, that was a really tough race i thought and this horse was kind of in there all the way to the end breaking from the 10 hole with uh, trevor mccarthy now he gets a more reasonable field i read ortiz you know you don't get 43 to one you get eight to one or maybe a little less but i thought this was a real interesting play um and some you know this is a horse that you could use too in a pick three or pick five sequence
0: There's a horse in here who's just been an absolute money burner for me that I actually I I think I subconsciously went ahead and spent all of my bankroll before this race so that I didn't put any money on this horse and fall into the trap again, which is uh, we don't say cheap speed here because it's it's derogatory. Uh, The the inexpensive velocity of number two bar 14 uh, this ho- horse has been like a speedball on the front end and just never lasts. So I'm actually really glad that all a hundred dollars are spoken for so that I do not waste any of it on, on bar 14. Again, I just talked that horse into the winner circle. Yeah,
1: there you go. Exactly. But, uh, um, cool. No, it's a good, it's a good little race. I think there's a little more clarity on that than maybe the, the earlier turf sprint. Um, all right. So we should, we move on to race nine. Um, just wanted to mention, um, uh there's a ton of speed in race nine so this is actually an interesting race if you want to get into and try to look uh uh try to get at something a little interesting um the six and the nine are the most logical closers and uh, i see in the morning line they're they're nine to two and three to one so you know david aragon didn't miss that uh but i think the two is really interesting here uh coming on uh you know, kind of sitting just off the pace third by one moved into the pace second by ahead last time. Uh, it, it says chase four wide, three wide, four wide. So sort of a tough trip and there's a ton of speed in here and he's 10 to one and he's uh, coming out of post two with, uh, is it Omar Hernandez? I'm not, I always forget. Um, you know, not the, the not I read Ortiz or anything up, but, uh, I thought if this horse stayed off the speed by a couple links, he could actually be dangerous and kind of get first run on the closers and, and perhaps win. So I thought that was a horse that could uh be a nasty upsetter in you know the pick threes, fours, and fives.
0: I kind of I saw the same thing uh okay. with in in terms of how this pace kind of kind of shaped up. Like when I did my pace projection, I think I had four horses all kind of outgoing for for the lead. Yeah with uh two seven six nine and one all trailing behind with one being uh the one coming from farthest behind uh being the deepest closer so i actually i it was one of those things i hope i hit my earlier bets because i wouldn't mind putting down uh, a little bit on doc doc rock the number the number one at 15 to one with for uh, bruce levine with uh javier castellano up
1: yeah i looked at him i definitely wanted to include him in third in the trifecta and he's you know um Second off a layoff, and uh, yeah, there's some definite things to like Castellano, and uh, and he can come off it a little bit. So absolutely, that's not a bad betting race, even though we're both
0: uh, tapped. And then uh, I guess we, should we move on to the last? Yeah. Uh, did you have anything in race ten? I actually I kind of just I, I only kind of glanced at this one and just kind of gave it a pass. It, it seemed like a a little bit of a murky pace situation. What were you seeing?
1: It, exactly. I my notes were no speed terrible race uh one i at the one you know as my top choice he's five to one i see that i know oh, wait they're changing the numbers on me so uh durkin's call so he's now
0: two yeah, to okay. one yeah the couple yeah, entries, he's going to work out
1: yeah and then uh and then i had the five and the nine as sort of like yeah uh that, potential just because of the murky pace so you know that's the kind of You know, I'm not a fan of these dirt races when there's no pace unless you find something. And, uh, you know, this is the kind of race where you could be live to a nice pick four, pick five, and then something just comes out of the blue and and really bites you in the ass. So, uh, I don't know. Um, That's why one of the reasons I've been had a lot of success trying to, um, I don't want to say stick more to pick threes, but when I really like something and I put out a pick five, I'll, I'll play, try to play some pick threes. In between, And that way, you know, you hit the first three, you've got some money in the bankroll and you've got something to show for it. And if something wild happens in the last two legs, oh, well, you know, it's, it's gambling, it doesn't work out. But, you know, then you post a profit and, you know, I found that it, it also helps you keep your sanity.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, the, the whole having just an amazing, just long shot pick that you hit, but not getting paid for it because you're in the pick five or something is, yeah. is absolutely infuriating. So I, I really do like that the, the strategy of, of coming through and still pressing with the, the pick three, because I mean, if you hit three out of five races, you should get in a row, you should get yeah. fucking paid. That's just yeah. just common decency. You should just get paid. Um Yeah. I, with this, with this race, uh, this kind of thing, I, I like to either lean into jockeys or equipment changes things like that that yeah. might give me a clue as to who might actually go like I, I'd be looking for like a, a a Kendrick Carmouche or something in here and then I look and nope no Kendrick Carmouche and then or maybe like a Luis Saez who's not probably not even there right now nope no right. Luis Saez the only thing I can maybe think of is like Monarchs Glenn with with Jose Ortiz but there are no there are no equipment moves there are no medication moves is just a hard pass for me
1: Yeah, that's – it's tough. I mean, I I wouldn't say, like, if if you want to get an action play, you know, like I said, maybe try to get a double to the one or you do something in that last race where we were talking about uh, some nice prices with the one and the two. You could take them in a double to the one or something like that. But uh, build some bankroll that way.
0: Man, we've done it. The whole card. We've talked the whole damn card. We've given you folks something to to think about, some well-structured bets. Mark, man, this – this has been awesome. It's been really great. Really, also really appreciate you going through kind of the the thought behind that uh, your first timers report and like the which I mean the HRN impact thing uh, and the like the expected uh, you know percentage and everything is part of like all the reports that you do. So it's not just for first timers. They've got a whole bunch of cool reports, Mark. Do you want to tell them or uh, tell people you know what's what's out there and where they can find it?
1: Yeah, if, if you go to picks.horseracenation.com, everything's there. Uh, we've got uh, some great uh, tip sheets that are there. We've got pro reports where we get into uh, the pace, the shippers, first timers, uh, a lot of different things that uh, sort of kind of between the lines of things you might not, you, you know, you might miss or ask questions. In fact, one of my favorite ones is Sire Moves. So it tracks, uh, so if a horse is coming from a situation that, it, you know, maybe it was terrible in the mud and now it's stretching out to a turf route. And, and so it'll literally say that. You know, according to his sire, he was 5% in this move last race, but he's 15% in this. And then, you know, it'll be highlighted green as a big positive sire move. And then also uh the same thing in the reverse, if it's a negative sire move. And, you know, nowadays with synthetic and slop and, diff, you know, different tracks, I find that incredibly helpful just to eliminate horses and uh once in a while get on some really nice plays.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned there are some great tip sheets out there. Hell, I'm on there. I always... Every time Sarah Whoa. is on the, on the show, she uh, she always remembers to uh, to uh, push my sheet for me because I seem to always forget. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I do do that. I do do that, don't I? Um, That's right. Which
1: good stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm checking it, in on it.
0: It's uh, and hey man, it, there's gonna be. I have to go to the wife's uh, Thanksgiving celebration, which is like a week long. Um, it, it's it's a weird like cult revival for her family. It's like it's very oh. much. Like yeah, a uh, a lot of large men from Iowa because she has like six uncles speaking at like decibels that would cause like a false start in like a completely empty stadium. Like these folks are wow. are loud. So I'm getting getting my sheets in for this week, and then I'm gonna have to take a take a week off to uh to uh. uh oh man, you know. need
1: the excuse to get away. Hey honey, I I gotta I gotta get some work done.
0: Yeah, gotta, that's a uh, that's I to bad, bad I gotta that's get away. That's where the bad back comes in, man. That's where it's like oh. Oh, yeah. you know, I just need to lay here with a pillow under my knees and eat these uh, yeah. gum, gummies, probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, all right. awesome. Check out picks at horseracingnation.com. Mark, it was great to have you. Love to have you back anytime. Welcome to Friend of the Show status. Uh, and yeah, uh, we got one more episode this week uh, of Horse Racing Nation, uh, which I'd like to point out they have no financial stake in this show. Um, <laughs> Cyril Bodway from Horse Racing Nation is going to be joining awesome. me uh, on, uh, on uh, Friday to talk about the uh, aqu- Aqueduct uh, late pick five, where hopefully we have something to make the Jamaican cab drivers say, Not a mercy.